The Law Report with Michael Matsuening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. Welcome to The Law Report. My name is Michael Matsuening Bell. It's good to be with you this Wednesday evening. What we have for you in stock is two-part series. On the first part, we're going to be talking about um, your rights when you're getting arrested, your rights when you're getting pulled over, but also we're going to be getting to understand this organization that for different reasons has been uh, very much in the media, that is IPED. When can you, as a Afropolitan, call an IPED to come to your aid, and what is it that you can expect from them? That's uh, what we're talking about in the first half of the show, and I'm going to be joined um, uh, by a criminal lawyer, William Booth. He's joining us on the line. I'll be welcoming him soon, but also from IPED specifically, we're joined by Mr. So- Sontaja Seisa. Um, uh, that's the IPED acting spokesperson. So that's our show for tonight. As always, I look forward to your calls. And in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about a new bill that has come in, and that's the Consumer Housing Protection Bill. So that's the second half of the show. Do give us a call. 86 Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. All right, uh, that's Dr. Uh, Cindy Fansell. She's back again tomorrow. You can look forward to her. And um, the show tonight was streamed live, so if you want to actually get some good visuals, you can do so by going onto the Kaya website. For our show, uh, we're talking law enforcement. We're talking about police. Um, I don't want to talk about any specific uh, incident uh, because it's not about a specific incident. It's about, it's about what you can expect from both the police and from IPED, but also what are your obligations? What must you do? Um, um, and, and that's our focus. So we're talking law enforcement and we want to get your calls. We want to help you. We want to give you some, you know, uh, whatever questions that you might have for any of my guests, you give us a call. Number to dial 86 uh, Let me welcome my, my first guest, Mr. Sontaha Seisa, acting spokesperson for IPED. Uh, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good, good evening to you and good, good evening to the listeners as well. Thank you. And um, also to uh, William Booth, a well-known criminal lawyer. Uh, William, good evening and, and thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Michael. It's a pleasure to be on the show. And later on, we're going to be joined by the SAPS itself uh, and uh, Mr. Obregadier, uh, Vishnu Naidi, will be talking to us um, uh, later on. But perhaps for, for some of us who may not be aware or acquainted with who IPED is, can I ask you, uh, Mr. Sesa, to take us through um, what uh, IPED does? Oh, well, once again, thank you to you and uh, thank to the listeners. Uh, I think I need to start by saying IPT is a government department um, which is currently operating under uh, IPT Act, yeah. Act number one of 2011. Um, like I said, it's a government department and we have got um, our own mandate which is uh, also under constitu- constitutional mandate yeah. as perfection to zero six of six of the constitution of the Republic of South Africa. Um, and, and that makes provision for the establishment of an independent police complaint body and stipulates that on receipt of a complaint lodged by a provincial executive, an independent police complaint body established by national legislation must investigate any alleged misconduct 
of all offences committed by a member of the police service in the province. Uh, by member of police service, this includes the municipal police service in the metro. We've got metros in in, in Gauteng, mm-hmm. that's Eco Metro Police Department, Johannesburg Metro Police Department, and Swan Metro Police Department in Cape Town, Western Cape. We have got uh, uh, also Metro Police there. And also in KZN, in Devon, we do have Metro Police there. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, uh, though not yet established, in my my own as well. So I don't know whether I should carry on it detailing the uh, the relevant or the types of cases that we are investigating. Yeah, and and I think it's a, it's a very good it's a very good point to proceed to because you know when 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 you are the you know you might have a complaint against a police official, and it's a good thing to know which types of complaints can be entertained by you. In other words, you know, um, you would often be in the news for, you know, police brutality where you are intervening. That's more the popular ones. Um, but one wonders if that's the full breadth of the complaints that you deal with. That's correct. Okay, I think that's good. Wonderful. I know that I'm not only talking to the citizens of Gauteng as your station actually covers outside Gauteng province. So what I will be doing now is just to outline, you know, the type of cases that uh, IPIT is mandated to investigate. Yeah. And um, the, first, the first one is any death in the police custody. In other words, if someone dies in the hands of the police while under the police custody, uh, that matter becomes an IP one. Yes. Uh, Automatically. Automatically. All right. If that person dies in the police custody, it comes to us, mm-hmm. where we need to investigate and establish um, and, 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 and get all the facts just to establish. And to so you would sure be looking at for example, whether, um, you know, if it comes to you automatically, so by default, you would investigate the cause of death, whether it's a treatment, starvation, or or even their own health. So you'd sort of, even if they say this person, you know, it looks like a natural death, automatically it comes to you. Precisely, because yeah. our, our main aim is not actually just to go and and become, you know, the department that is actually on, on a witch hunt. Yes, you know, try to say we are looking for faults on the part of the police. Mm. It's actually to try and find out exactly or to really unravel what the truth of the incident might be. You mm. have are, are correctly pointed it out, uh, Michael, that um, even if a person that is in the police custody might have died uh, due to nat- natural causes. So we also do that so that we can be able to, to, be, to be sure that this sure. person the police are actually have got no hand or any other mm-hmm. contributed anything with regard to the death of that person. That will be the first one. The second sure. one will be, which is also very common, the one that I'm going to be talking about. Um, this will be the one where we call it is, is death as a result of police action. Mm-hmm. So this one is actually 
uh, happening when the police are maybe, for an example, you know, executing, you know, their duties. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the process, they might be just making just an example. You know, uh, they might be uh, coming across some well-armed, you know, criminals that uh, in, in the process, you see the, uh, the, the, the criminals start shooting at the police or the other way around if, if it's possible. But more, mostly, um, it, it will be in a situation where the police get attacked and they retaliate. Yes. And uh, as a result, maybe um, we, we do get some fatalities um, where the, the, the alleged robber or the robber or criminal mm. uh, gets killed. So we get into that case. That will become our case, and then we will investigate that type of matter. And um, so, 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 okay. So I, I just want to get the distinction because the one where the first one you mentioned is when the individual concerned dies in. The, in police custody, but the the, the the more recent example, this is not in custody. This is just as a result of a shootout. That's correct. Yes. And and um, is this also automatic? Where you you say um, who were you allegedly shot by? And if the answer is it could be a cop, then you become involved. Definitely sure. That's exactly. Once and it's, and this is automatic. That's automatic. That person is will, will be a person that has actually died. Yes. And, uh, and not to put it on a spot, so that means that Marikana would have been automatically uh, uh, referred to IPED. Well, that that as well. Um, if this, like, like for example, Marikana, as you put it, mm. um, IPED is actually involved in yes. that case. Yes. 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 Okay. It, it is like that. Yeah. And then, and then, are there any other instances? Well, this is the most common one. Like I said, you know while the police are executing their duties. Mm. And um, uh, during the process of the actions, of their actions or whoever's actions, and uh, a person dies and it's because as a result of a police action. It might be possible that maybe that person might have died, not necessarily by means of uh, a firearm. Mm. We do get instances where there are some allegations that someone is just, you know, Hopefully not jump uh, from the fourth collapse, floor. Yeah. Collapse, collapse, <laughs> uh, collapse, and uh, subsequent to that, and then that. Okay, all right. So, okay, I get the picture. So now, let me, let me, let me, let me see if if I would have been correct in making this assumption. Um, yes. When so we often hear, particularly victims of sexual violence, complaining, and even on this show, where where female complainants would say, actually. I went to the police to report this and 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 I'll I'll even use a lighter example. My case wasn't taken seriously or taken at all and I was, you know, sent from from pillar to post and ultimately, you know, um um I felt secondary victimization. Would that be something that can be referred to IPED or or are you more focused on death? Look, Michael, I think let me just quickly try and, and go through um, the type of cases that sure. IP is actually mandated to. Yeah. I, will, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will touch on that one um, with regard to, you know, the clients that might have been sent from pillar to post. Yeah. Um, the, the next one on the list after the death as a result of police action 
you will have uh, a complaint relating to the discharge of an official firearm by any police official. Yeah. So in other words, even if the police official is on duty or off duty, by virtue of that police official um, uh, discharging a police firearm, that incident must be reported to IP for further investigation to establish what actually took place. Sure. And the, and, and the, the next one will be the raid by a police official, whether that police official is on or off duty. The, the what? Those allegations. And I, I will repeat on this one. Yeah. Raid by a police official, whether the police official that okay. is alleged to have raped a victim is on duty or off duty, it doesn't Okay, matter. on that one, because often a victim, so the, the rape victim uh, who suffered at the hands of 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 a a police uh, official would go to the police station, right? So would the police station be duty bound to refer it to you, or or would the victim have to then also um, come to you as well? You see, we are a government department. It doesn't matter. Um whether it comes from the police side, mm-hmm. because they know that uh, the police do know. I, I just, uh, I just want to know as a matter of process. In other words, yeah. uh, because because at some point, somebody listening has got to be able to know as a matter of fact, not when they are lucky and, and the system works. It's, I don't have to go to IPED or I also need to go to IPED to make sure that this thing is properly investigated. So I want us to empower the, the Afropolitan at home to know what to do? In other words, do they have to report twice or is it sufficient that they've gone to the police and can they then have a, a, an expectation that your processes and your relationship will ultimately lead to you picking that case up? It doesn't matter. As I said earlier on, you know, uh, you know all, all, all the citizens of South Africa, they are more than welcome to approach IPID directly. But okay. let's, say, let's say this rape victim um after the incident uh the victim decides to contact ip directly yeah we definitely have got our people on the ground that will definitely be dispersed to go and um you know interview this person and uh, all the necessary processes will unfold um that that's basically that but more often than never you know the victims will 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 go to the police and uh, the police will immediately inform us about the incident mm. and we take over the the investigation because that falls within the the, the, the mandate of IPID. Okay, so you I take it over so there's no there's no concurrent investigation. Come back again? It, so you take over the investigation in that in in that example. Okay. There's no concurrent exactly. investigation. In other words, if I if the rape happened in Dobsonville or and but the the cop concerned is from Midrand, and I and I report in Dobsonville. You would take over that matter from Dobsonville, uh, and Dobsonville would, way, yeah? yeah, yeah. But what I'm just asking is, are you are you running one investigation, or would there be two concurrent, one by IPED and one by the SAPS? No, we take that matter becomes. Our case ah. completely. Ah, okay, great. All right. Problem. And then and then any Problem. other example? 
or any other matters that you deal with. And if there are none, if there are none, then I'm still curious for you to come back to the one where victims of sexual abuse or violence or assault are are are, are crying and are saying well, the police are not helping. So I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, if there are more examples of matters that you deal with as IPED, I'd like to hear about them. If not, then I'd like specific attention paid to to this question. No, um, in, in, in cases like these, we, we, we investigate them, uh, you know, and uh, we, we, we really do not want to see the victims of these type of cases becoming the second victims, the yes. third, and, and mm, so mm. forth. But that's not what we are intending or we, are, you know, we want to hear. We would like to, 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 to render the service to the best of our ability. And, um, you know, just to... To, to, to allay the fears mm. that once we have taken over the investigation, uh, let, let me ask the question another way. Um, let me let me ask uh, the question another way. Yes, I am a victim of um, rape or sexual assault of, of whatever nature, yes. and it's not by a cop; it's by uh, some a, a civilian. Correct. And I go to police station X, and I don't get helped at police station X. Can I bring that complaint? In other words, can I bring a service complaint to you? No. Um, if I understood your question properly, yeah. um, let's, let's make this example. This person has been raped by a non-police Indeed. person. Yes. It's just a, you know, a, a private person. And the person you know, comes to us or goes to SAPS? Yes. Is that what you're trying to Indeed. say? Indeed. That, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> Just trying. Uh, <laughs> no. No, it's not. It's not within our mandate. Right. Okay. 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 So, so service issues don't fall within your mandate? No. Service delivery related matters, hmm. um, we don't deal with those. Yes. Uh, but I know for a fact that uh, the public members out there might still think that we still Dealing with this, yes, because, and that's why I want you to clarify it. Yeah, yeah. Some mm. some years back, uh, when this department was still new, uh, it it used to be known as uh, ICD, uh, Independent yes. Complaints Directorate. Yes. But uh, during those years, the department used to uh, deal with these cases of service delivery related cases. Okay. But immediately in uh, 2012, on the first of April 2012, mm. um, the new mandate, IP mandate uh, act actually came into uh, effect. Uh, those type of service delivery related matters are now being dealt by the Department of um, Community Safety. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, let, 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 yeah. Let's take a, a break, Mr. Sesa. And when we come back, I continue my discussion. I'm talking to um, Mr. William Booth, uh, Brigadier Naidu, uh, as well as uh, Mr. Sontaga Sesa, who's from IPED. We're back after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back to The Law Report with me, Michael Matuining Bill. I'm continuing my discussion talking about law enforcement. And remember, um, from 20 to 9, we're going to be talking uh, about the Consumer Housing Protection Bill. But 
for the moment, we're talking law enforcement and we're talking to uh, Mr. Sontaja Seysa. He's from IPED. Uh, William Booth, a lawyer, as well as uh, Brigadier Naidu. Brigadier Naidu, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Good evening to you. A very good evening and thank you for this opportunity. It's Michael, right? Indeed, indeed it Michael. is. Yes, indeed it is. Um, yes. Now, you know, um, one of the things, and particularly in, in more recent times, um, that when you're driving in Johannesburg and a car pulls you over behind you, um, it's sometimes very difficult to determine whether it's policemen or not. Uh, most times it's marked, obviously, but even when it is marked, it doesn't mean that there is you are free of any threat or risk. What what am I supposed to do as a civilian when I get pulled over um, during the night? And and I ask this because a lot of people are wondering if it is permissible to wait until you get to a safe area such as a petrol station before pulling off um, when stopped. You, you know, <laughs> uh, I think I've agreed with your producer. I'm not uh, uh, qualified, competent and at liberty to give that kind of advice to civilians. Yeah. What I can say is that as police officers, yeah. if a motorist doesn't stop, yeah. uh, unless the police officer is certain that that uh, motorist or that vehicle have occupants that have just been involved in, a, in, in serious crime, yeah. then the police can use a certain degree of force to stop that vehicle. But if what I can say, our police officers, if they are not certain or if they're just stopping that vehicle for a routine search and if that vehicle doesn't stop, they can follow that vehicle up to a point. The vehicle is bound to stop at some point. Yeah. Or call for backup so that we could close off that vehicle. Yeah. Or, and, you know, we can even encourage the motorists to phone one or triple one or phone, yeah. um, you know, some emergency line. But I cannot tell them that they must continue driving or that they must not stop. But but I mean uh, but I mean I, I mean let me challenge you, Brigadier, because I think mm-hmm. that we we really are, are, you know I'm not sure what you quite conversation you have with my producer, but certainly from me, um, you know, Afropolitans are concerned to say we know that in fact there's there's even a famous case. We know that it's easy to procure, for example, a blue light, mm-hmm. and we know that it's easy to just follow somebody. And 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 when when somebody is taking a precaution and saying, well, you know, I don't want to stop at this dark place where no car passes by you know can i you know so so there there, there needs to be a, a view and advice from you to sort of balance it out i understand that if i can't say i'm not stopping but i'm driving at 200 kilometers an hour right mm-hmm. because then then of course i give i give a I, I provide a good basis for the cops to be suspicious um but if i'm you know so but if i'm not driving at a ridiculous speed and 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 I'm just trying to get you know protect myself or my family. Surely there ought to be a balance that you can advise on, because because also if I do get shot, they're going to call you to speak for the SAPS, isn't it? Well, let me just tell you: if any police officer <laughs> takes act, any action that's unreasonable or excessive, yeah, he's going to be called to account. There are standard operational procedures that police officers must follow. Yeah, they know when to act and how to act, uh, you know, under circumstances. I'm sure my colleague from IPAD will tell you as mm. well that when they are called to a scene where a police officer has used whatever degree of force, yeah. um, the IPAD, IPAD will decide to say no. From the preliminary observation, they can say no, but I think you have used excessive force in, in, in this circumstances. Mm. So like you said, 
if you are if you feel that you're being stopped and you have there's no reason for you being stopped and you're not driving at 200 kilometers an hour you're driving at a reasonable speed similarly the police officer that's asking you to stop will not uh, uh, use any degree of force or uh, let alone uh, excessive force he must allow you to proceed until he knows when it's safe for you to stop kind of thing but i mm. there are legal implications i cannot tell you that you can or cannot stop mm. you know mm. so every case has to be treated on its own merit um i think uh the, the police officers are trained civilians are not trained police officers are trained and they know when and how to act sure yeah. William William Booth, if I can bring you in here, and 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 of course you you uh, in your life as a lawyer would have you know had the benefit of being on on both ends of 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 the legal dispute, um, uh, one way or another, and 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 this is this is sort of you know a real question, particularly out here in Johannesburg, where where um, you know there has been real instances of blue lights being abused. Um, what you know, and 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 we all know when when we're all taking our license, when a traffic officer or metro police officer stops you, you got to f- obey the instructions. But sometimes those instructions might be at odds with your own safety. Your thoughts? Yes, Michael, ab- absolutely. And I think the the, the concern is mm. that this is happening more and more. I mean, people are pretending to be police officers. They're getting hold of police uniforms police firearms. I mean, mm. there are a number of cases pending at the moment where people, police are being prosecuted for supplying gangsters with firearms. Mm. So it, it, it's actually a concern um, that where you, you know, where you look to the police to protect you as a citizen, mm. that people are managing to get uniforms and police firearms, and obviously in many instances from police officers themselves. So, you know, I mean, you're quite entitled, if you fear that this is an instance where somebody is not acting lawfully mm. and is not a police officer, I think as a citizen, you'd be quite entitled to drive to the closest police station and go and let a lodge a complaint. That is, if you firmly believe you haven't committed a crime. In other words, you're not, as has been said, traveling at 200 kilometers an hour, you haven't robbed the local bank, and you're not transporting drugs around the place. Yeah. So if you believe you've been, you're acting within the parameter of the law and you feel this, the police are now engaging in an, in an unlawful search, you're entitled to go to the closest police station. The problem is that the police might open fire if it's a group that are, in fact, pretending to be the police because mm. they would be a bunch of, of, of criminals. Indeed. So you could be placing yourself in danger, but I mean, you're not going to stop in a dark, dark street where, where you feel that, you know, the, this is not a proper roadblock and a roadblock has to be set up legally mm. that, um, you I know, mean, I mean, how, how do I know that a roadblock is, is legal just on that? And, and I think you also touched on something that I was curious to probe, which is when do I know when a search is, is, is lawful or permissible? Um, because I th- and I think it's a very e- even as a as a citizen, you you kind of appreciate it when cops are active and are doing things and they, you know, searching and making sure that nobody's is doing anything illegal. So there's an assurance part to it, but there's also another part of of intrusion. And and one always wonders when 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 is a search happening within the bounds of the law? Well, look, obviously, one would like to think that that the police are the police 
of those pretending yeah. to the police are in fact the police. And but I mean, in this gangs. instance, sorry, William, in this instance, um, I'm actually thinking in an instance where it is in fact the police. Well, the, well then the police still have to have probable cause. Mm. So they can't just haphazardly pull over a vehicle. So if there's going to be a roadblock, that roadblock has to be set up within the parameters of the law. In other words, there has to be permission for that roadblock, even if it has been set up by, let's say, the Metro Police. Mm. But as a citizen, how do you know that? Yeah. So, you know, again, it, it, it is a difficult situation for a citizen to determine, is this a legal roadblock or is it some group that has just been out there to pretend that they are setting up a roadblock? And even if it's legitimate members of the South African Police or the Metro Police. I mean, mm. there have been instances where police officers, genuine and Metro Police, have pulled over people and said, listen, come along, I'm going to arrest you now for drink and drive, but if you take, if, if you take me to the local ATM and give me a thousand rand, then um, I'll let you go. Now, that is completely... It's illegal. not a thousand anymore, it's gone up. <laughs> well, two thousand. In Cape Town, in Cape Town... In Cape Town, it could still be thousand, you know. Johannesburg so, so, you know, what do you do in those circumstances? I mean, you're panicking, you don't want to, you don't know what's going on, yeah. and you don't want to end up being locked up. Mm. So, this is happening constantly, but on, the, on, a, on searching, the police have to have probable cause. In other words, reasonable suspicion that a crime has been committed. And you're fully entitled to ask that question. If they come to your house or your business premises, I believe in most instances they would have to have a search warrant. Mm. In other words, they have to give you a copy of the warrant. It has to be a legitimate warrant to execute a search at that particular address, be it yeah. a business address or be it a, a residential address. There are instances where police can search without a warrant, mm -hmm. but there still has to be reasonable suspicion that a crime is being committed on the premises. In other words, that you are storing drugs there or mm. you've got, uh, you know, you might have a, a computer equipment where you've been involved in fraudulent transactions or money laundering transactions. So, you know, you have a right of privacy. The Constitution guarantees that. Mm. But I get back to the point I was making earlier. The citizen, the citizen should believe that everything that is being done by the police is done according to the law. Yeah. And not to have to be questioning all this. But you have that right to ask for the search warrant. You have the right to question. You've got to ask for that police officer's credentials. He must show you his, his police card and his ID to, so that you can determine this is a proper police officer. But often, and my experience has been, it's actually too often that police come to premises and they behave in an unacceptable, unprofessional manner. Mm. So that people, the citizens are terrified and they actually are traumatized in many instances. And this really should not be, should not be happening. But I think the public just need to know they can ask these questions and they can drive no recourse for a police officer or metro police officer to stop your vehicle because you you if if they arrest you for um resisting arrest for example mm -hmm. you have an excellent defense to say well i didn't think these were police there have been so many instances of you know cops pulling people off and then they're not cops or bribing people so i wanted to you know be safe and i went to the closest police station so you know if that would be i believe if that person is charged for resisting arrest, that would be a legitimate uh, defense and that this yeah. should be 
Mr. Sesa, if I could just bring you in um, um, on this, and particularly on something that that, uh, uh, that that William Booth raised, which is around um, corruption. Essentially, that's what it is. Um, do you deal with such instances? Because I also understand that it's it must be a very difficult case to deal with because. Um, and, 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 and no doubt, you know, sometimes we place too much emphasis on the cop receiving the bribe and not on the person that was driving drunk in the first place, which, which is in itself the, the biggest problem because it's the one that actually kills people on the road. But, but, but I don't think you can even sort of do a waiting thing to say which one is worse. They, they're both terrible. But, but, but I, I'm asking this mindful of the fact that the, the bribe bore, the, bribe, the, the, the person that's issuing the bribe, uh, the civilian in this case, is a party to this, but often wakes up the next morning having some sense of regret. Can that person that paid the bribe come to you uh, and and say, "Well, I, I was made," to, and 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 I use that in advisedly because you know very seldom are you made to bribe. But can a person bring that complaint to you as IPED? Is it something that you deal with um, when it comes to corruption? Um, thank you, Michael. I think, um, let me start by saying, uh, corruption will remain corruption. Indeed. Irrespective who is a corrupter and a corruptee. In, in, in this sense, like you have put these questions to me, yes, that person will be accommodated by IPID. Okay. We will obviously interview that person. As, as long as the allegations of corruption are against the member or the members of SAPS and or NPS, uh, which is Metropolitan Police Service, like I stated in terms of the metros, yeah. we will definitely investigate that. In fact, in our, in, in our um, mandate, corruption is one of, 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 of those that have been listed. Um, that I think is um, mandated to investigate. And 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 thank you for that. And 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 I can imagine it's a it's a very difficult thing to deal with. And, and Brigadier, I understand you have to go. So if I can slip in this one before you do, um, you know, um, issues of corruption um, often you know, would have no witnesses if, if 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 it's the cop and 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 the motorist um, doing the deed. Would you know? Is it open to to the motorist to come to you um, the following day and say this happened and 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 I and and I'd like you to to help, but not I don't want to go to jail uh, because I it seems to me that 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 could be one of the the ways to to overcome this issue of corruption that is admittedly growing. Well, as my colleague said, you know, a crime is a crime. I mean, yeah, uh, as long as sure. a crime is committed, it's uh, it's called um, uh, a continued crime until somebody is prosecuted and somebody has been brought to account for that crime. Yes, we would most certainly uh, receive that complaint. We'll welcome that complaint. We will deal with um, how the corruptee uh, or the corrupter had, had, uh, had uh, conducted him or herself mm. at a later stage. The important thing is for us to accept the charge. It is uh, uh, incumbent on, on any police officer to accept a charge. Failing to do so would constitute a derelict of duty by a police officer who has been approached or would a, a, a possible crime being committed. 
Um, to that end, you know, we, we view corruption very seriously. I mean, just last year, June, we launched the anti-corruption strategy in the SAPS, uh, followed by capacitating of the anti-corruption units, both at national as well as provincial level. We also uh, are very cooperative with the Independent Police Investigative Directorate in the investigation against police officers, not only involving crimin- in corruption, but also criminality in general. Yes. So... So we view this very seriously, and we encourage people to come forward. Mm. You would know that uh, just uh, um, yesterday, Corruption Watch released a statement to which we have been responding to say that we we are not going to, there's no denying that police officers are corrupt. We ourselves, through our own volition, have, have, uh, through media statements, have exposed police officers that have been arrested by us as police mm, officers. Mm, mm. Um, recently, you saw there was an operation in Gauteng where the minister, the premier, the MEC, as well as the provincial commissioner of Gauteng were involved in raids on, uh, on, on, on department stores that were selling counterfeit goods. We had seven police officers that we arrested yes, I who are alleged that. to have been selling mm. the same goods back to those people that we've rec- uh, confiscated them from. Mm. In another incident, there was a police officer selling a docket, alleged mm. to have been selling a docket. But unfortunately, he met his demise in evading arrest. He ran in front of a moving truck and he was killed. So, you know, and these were our anti-corruption units that were, 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 were uh, instrumental in identifying and arresting uh, uh, the, the, the suspects because we don't want corrupt elements amongst us yeah. because it is eroding um, um, uh, to a large extent the credibility of the organization, bringing the organization... 100%. And, 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 and if, I'm not putting on, if I'm not putting you on the spot, if you could just mm-hmm. maybe share the hotline that you have um, um, and then maybe share with Afropolitans. Otherwise, otherwise Thomas will pick it up from you and then we'll find a way to... Yeah, I can share. Yeah. I can share. You know, if people are not comfortable going to a police station to mm. report corruption, they can phone our anonymous 12-3 crime stop number, which is 86 All callers can remain anonymous. Mm. Information will be treated with strictest confidence. So there's no uh, fear of reprisals, victimization, or anything when anybody channels information through that line, or if they can even go directly to IPED. As my colleague from IPED had said, that they will welcome those cases and they they need not fear any reprisals or victimization. A hundred percent. William Booth, I I, I have a suspicion um, that you and I have a lot to talk about, and we probably should just dedicate a special show just talking about about criminal law. I'd love to have you back on. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Nice chatting. Likewise. And uh, to you, Mr. Sintakasesa, thank you so much. Uh, Brigadier Naidu, to you as well, thank you so much. When we come back from the break, we're going to be moving on to the second leg of our show where we're talking about consumer housing uh, protection bill and um, um, you want to stay tuned for that one.